all things New Orleans Saints. This is Who Dat Discussion. Who dat? Who dat? Who dat? Who dat? Who dat? Powered by Overtime Media. Hello and welcome back into another edition of the Who Dat Discussion. As always, my name is Andrew. And we are coming at you from the Vivid Seats studio. Use promo code OVERTIME in the Vivid Seats mobile app to save up to $100 on all ticket purchases. And look, this is going to be another jam-packed episode of the Houdat Discussion. We're going to first preview the Saints versus Rams. This is going to be a personal game. This is a personal preview for me. Obviously, the loss is still fresh in everybody's mind as we only played one game since then. So there's a lot to talk about, and I just can't wait to get right into that. Then also, we have a lot of Houdat Nation fan questions, which I'm so excited to answer here because there are a lot of great questions that you guys asked. And really, I hope you guys keep on asking them because I just can't wait to answer even more and more as the weeks go on. And it's going to be a really fun time doing that as well. But I do think we should start getting into this Saints-Rams preview. As you guys probably know if you're listening to this podcast, we did put out a podcast on Tuesday about the Saints' thrilling win over the Texans, as we'll probably obviously talk a little about about that today, excuse me, there as well, because obviously the Saints only played one game, so that's all we can go off with, really. So we're obviously going to get right into that. Just some quick news before we get into our Saints versus Rams notes. As David Onyemata is back in the building after his one-game suspension, the Saints did put Mitchell Lowen back on the practice squad as he cleared waivers and everything, so that is good. Now he's back on the practice squad. I think he did a pretty good job. Look, he had a one penalty that was pretty big, but overall, just being on the team for a few days, I think he did a really good job doing what he does best. It's just he can do, be a little filler, be that depth piece that they need, and I think him, Shai Tuttle, and Stallworth all did a fine job. Look, they didn't lose the Saints the game. That's really all you can ask from them, from them at this point, excuse me there, because it was a very thin position. Now it's obviously not as thin as David Onyemata, who I think would start on many teams here, is going to be starting for the Saints for the next few games until Rankins comes back fully. But that's just kind of what it is there. So that, that's a good piece of news, and that's all really what we got for news. Now going on to our notes, we have a lot of them, obviously, because this is just, there's a lot of story. There's a lot of backstory to the Saints-Rams. It's starting to become a rivalry. So the Saints are 1-2 and two in the last three games against the Rams, and those were in the McVay-Goff era of the Rams. So that's kind of since McVay's been the coach. He's kind of got the upper hand over Sean Payton. Obviously, every game's been close, and obviously the last game was very, very controversial. And even I had to get in with on Twitter for some things because people are just, I mean, what people say about that game now a year a year later, not obviously a full year, but a football season later, is very, very different than what people thought a few weeks after. Everyone said you just, you know, whatever, the Rams deserved it. I just don't see it. I still don't see it. It's been that far, and I still think the Saints got robbed. But here we are. We're back into this season. I don't really want to talk about last season that much. I want to talk about the Saints are going to beat the Rams now because it's going to be a tough game for the Saints to win. I think we all know that. The Saints are underdogs. They're plus two in this one. Obviously, it's still projected to be a close game. They have a 40% chance to win from ESPN's uh, Power Football Index. So really, all of that is kind of in the Rams' favor. But does that really matter to me? No. 
because the, obviously ESPN is going to get the games wrong, and plus two can really go either way. The money line is only like plus one ten for the Saints, because it's a very they're expecting a very very close game in the gambling world. So that's just kind of what it is there. And then also the Saints are one to know. The Rams are one to know. So you have two one to know teams coming in here. That's obviously really big to go two and zero. It's it's huge. It's huge to get off to that good start. Most playoff teams start. 2-0, we're at 1-1, so at least the Saints got a win there because they were 1-1 going into last year, but this game would just be integral for the Saints to take because, look, everybody's going to be playing with that sense of urgency, especially on the Saints side. There's going to be a lot of sense of urgency to win this game, and I really do believe that, and I think that is going to put the Saints over the edge. This team, they feel like they need to win this game, and to me, there's obviously a lot of Saints fans going to Los Angeles for this game, and I'm so happy to hear that because, look, it probably will be like 30% Saints fans in that stadium because there are not that many Rams fans. And as much as these Rams fans want to be, you know, on Twitter and talking all this stuff, there's not as many as Saints fans, and their city is obviously much bigger than the Saints. I know they have another football team, but even the other football teams doesn't get a lot of fans as well. It's just not really a football town. So all these Rams fans are coming in here talking like they're the big man on campus, which, I mean, obviously they should. They're the NFC champions. But this is a place for the Saints. They can just put that all behind them and win a big game here. This is a big game in the 2019 season. Yes, it's big for 2018 and avenging that loss, but it is also really big in 2019. A win against the Rams could help later in the season. It could help during the playoff run when we're looking for a first seed maybe they're looking for a first seed i think both of these teams are very very good and they're gonna all i think be ready to play i really think the rams are gonna win their division and i think they'll probably be right with the saints i mean i do think that the saints will go up and win this thing i'll stick with my preview but that's just kind of what i'm feeling here because this saints team i think looked pretty good last week didn't look amazing and there's obviously parts to get better but it looked better than it did at the start of last season so that's obviously really good and i think the texans are a very very good team and they're a playoff team, so to play them and beat them is also really good. So that's just kind of what I'm thinking there. The Saints did have six sacks against the Texans. That was the most in the NFL for week one. And that just shows the Saints D-line is going to be ready to play. Some really nice calls by Dennis Allen there. So that was really good. Then looking at, obviously, we're going to look back to that NFC Championship game as much as we could here. The Rams were able to stop the Saints running. They were able to stop Michael Thomas. So really, in that game, the Saints had to rely on Alvin Kamara out of the pass game, which they did, and he had a huge game, so that was really big. But then they had to rely on someone else, and no one really took a big step up. Ted Ginn made the huge catch that should have won the Saints the game, but it just wasn't enough in this one. So no one really stepped up in this game like I think in other games happened. Like last week, it was Ted Ginn, but they're going to need more. They're going to need someone to step up. Maybe it'll be Jared Cook this year. Obviously, Jared Cook wasn't on that team last year. So that's just kind of what it is there for the Rams. If they're able to take out Michael Thomas or they're able to take out the Saints running game or both, you would need someone else to step up. I think it would, would be Jared Cook in this game. I think there's a better shot at that, but that's just kind of what I am feeling there. And then also, I do want to talk about the red zone because no one's really talking about this. The Saints were only two for four for converting touchdowns in the red zone last week, and they got to be better. They were much better in the second half, so I'm not going to go in and say like, oh, yada, 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 they're not doing good. Like They were better in the second half, so I think they're trending to the right direction, but that's obviously really something to watch out for. They were better in that second half because they put out some more exotic looks. They threw touchdowns to different guys. They're looking for different guys, and that made them be more successful. So I think if they could just carry that on to next week, that is obviously really big. The Rams are kind of looking at this weird running scenario with them, with Todd Gurley and Malcolm Brown and... It's a weird dynamic they have. Gurley did go off in the fourth quarter. It seems like they were just saving him for the fourth quarter. It is really weird. It's a weird 
dynamic they have on that team. So I think that's going to be something else to watch for in our notes. But that's kind of really what it is here going into now our three intriguing matchups of the game. These are the three matchups that I think it can come down to it. And obviously it may not happen. There could be other you know, big games by other players that would kind of wash this out. But I think if a lot of things are equal, these three matchups are going to be the most and probably go up and win the game for either of these teams. So our first one right here is going to be the Saints running backs versus the Rams front seven. So I think this is really big. Because looking at the Rams front seven, it is star-studded. They have, it's good, it's a really good front seven. They have Michael Brockers, who will probably play. They have Aaron Donald, who we all know how good Aaron Donald is. Then they got Clay Matthews. They got Dante Fowler, who had a really good year last year, had a good game last week. Corey Littleton's a good player. And then they have Sebastian Joseph Day. He's okay. It's a solid front seven, and it's definitely comparing with the Saints if you want to if you want to say it's better or worse, we'll get into that obviously later. But that's obviously big to look at. Can the Saints run the ball in this front seven? I'm going to say they're going to be able to today, just like they were able to do last week against the Texans, because I think the Texans had a better front seven. And the Saints' offensive line had the best week by pro football focus. They really dominated the line of scrimmage on offense, and it really helped the Saints to score 27 points in the second half. We, we all know they're capable of doing that, but that was obviously a big thing of why they were able to do that i do think that ramcheck will be fine against fowler and he'll be fine against matthews in the inside you're looking at donald they're probably going to try to get him one-on-one with the rookie mccoy but i really like walford he'll be able to you know do those stunts and stuff walford had i mean by pro football focus he was like the best offensive lineman in the whole uh game last week and then and then you also have pete then so I think they'll be able to stop Donald. They were able to stop Donald in the last game, or at least neutralize Donald. And I think they'll be able to do the same thing, just like they did with Watt last week. I don't think he'll be a big issue. I think they'll be able to run the ball to the outside. And I really don't like what they did here. They lost Sue, and they didn't really replace him with, you know, they replaced other positions. They got, like, Matthews. They got an outside rusher, which I don't think that happened. They replaced him with Joseph Day. And I just don't think Spencer Joseph Day is at the level of Sue. I don't think anyone's saying that. So... I think that's a place where the Saints can exploit the run game, and I think that could be really big there. And then also going over to our second intriguing matchup, the Saints secondary versus the Rams wide receivers here. The Rams obviously have three really good receivers, just like the Texans. I think that receiving corps is actually better than the Texans. They have Brandon Cooks, they have Woods, and they have Cup. Those are three. I think Cooks is like a low-end one, and then you have Robert Woods and Cup, who are two receivers here, and they're you know, looking at Cooper Cup, he's one of the best in the slot, and then Robert Woods is a good outside receiver. They also have Josh Reynolds. They have a lot of guys, and they have a lot of depth here. They have a lot of weapons. We all know that. So how is the Saints secondary going to match up against it? So Lattimore is obviously going to take one side of the field. It's I think it's going to be Woods. He usually takes Woods, and then Apple is going to probably have help over the top with Cooks, and that leaves one-on-one with Cooper Cup with either P.J. Williams or Patrick Robinson. And I'm really kind of – I want to see what this, this uh, Saints secondary does here. Because when looking at Cooper Cup, he always burns the Saints. I think we all know that. And I'm excited to see what P.J. Williams can do here. I'm excited because he didn't play in the playoff game Cooper Cup. So we didn't really get to see much of him. So I want to see what P.J. Williams could do against Cooper Cup. I want to see what P-Rob can do against Cooper Cup. And then, you know, I think even if you need to get these guys help, you're going to have to. Bring a linebacker over there. Don't blitz as much. I really do think that these Saints front four, they can get to the quarterback here. That could be a really 
useful thing that they don't even have to blitz. Or maybe you want to blitz to just kind of make everything go quicker, and that's something that does work, and I think the Saints could definitely use that as well. So that's just kind of what it is here. I do think that this Rams skill position players, not just wide receivers, the whole skill position players, it's top top five in the league. It's right there with the Saints. It's right there with all these teams. So looking at it, I think that to stop them, you probably can't. There's just too many studs. There's too many good players. You have to neutralize them. You have to do what they did in the NFC Championship. You have to give up only the 20 points, not the 35, 45 points that they gave up in the first game. So that's just kind of what I'm thinking here is that don't get into a shootout with this team because this is a team that the only I think this is one of the only teams that could potentially beat the Saints in a shootout if they end up getting the ball last. I told you that if the Texans game got into a shootout, the Saints would win it. And that's what happened. Just got into a shootout. Ended up at the end of the game. Once wild games happen, I usually like the Saints chance in it because they have a lot of veterans. They have a lot of young players that make clutch plays. And that's going to help you late in games. It's just always going to. And that's why the Saints, I think, do have an upper favor in a close game, even against the Rams. But the Rams, are, I think, are much closer in that because they got Cooks, because they got Woods, because they got Cook, uh, Cup. So all these guys can come in here and be really, really good. So that's just kind of what I'm thinking here. The Saints are going to win this game. They're going to have to get pressure. They're going to have to get the ball out of Goff's hands early to not have deep balls down the field, stuff like that. That's going to obviously help this team in a big way. So that's kind of how you neutralize this team, in my opinion. And then the third thing here is really the Saints' interior defense here. I want to see what Onyemata can do coming back from the suspension. Is it going to be better than last week? The Saints got gassed last week for like eight yards of carry. So that obviously cannot happen going into next year for sure. I think we all can agree on that. So just really looking at it, if they're able to stop the run, just like they did in the NFC Championship, just like they really did in the first game, that's going to obviously be really big for the Saints. So if they can just kind of, I'm not going to say like manhandle inside, but if they can win in the inside enough, control the line of scrimmage, that's going to be a really helpful thing to stabilize this outside. So I think that is really big there. So before we get into our group by group preview here, we are going to take a quick break. You are listening to the Houdat Discussion Podcast. Welcome back into the Houdat Discussion. And now we are going to get to our group-by-group preview here, starting with our QBs, going down to our coaching and special teams. So we'll start with the QBs here, and it's Breeze or Goff. And I'm going to go Breeze here like I usually do. Look, when it comes down to it, I think Breeze is a much better QB, and I actually had a conversation about how Goff is better than Breeze, Goff outplayed Breeze, yada, 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 and look, I just don't like Jared Goff. I think he's extremely overrated, and we saw it in the Super Bowl, and I really, not like the person, I just don't like Goff, the player. He's a player that, he does throw the deep ball pretty nice downfield, but that's about it. He gets rattled quickly in the dome. He was flustered so much, and that was a big reason why the Rams were down in that game and should have lost that game. He was not a good leader in that game. He let McVay, he basically called a game for him. So that's not a smart QB when you have someone in your ear the whole game just telling you what to do. It, it's, it doesn't take much skill. I think we all know that. So, And then also, he's not really a good mid-to-short thrower, as you should be. He's not that accurate. And his deep ball, look, it's good. It's not amazing. People, Rams fans are saying it's like the best in football. It's just not. He's no Patrick Mahomes. And people say Breeze doesn't throw the deep ball well. And I just, again, I just don't agree with that. So, look, in this matchup here, Breeze has the upper edge, I think. And you know why Breeze has the upper edge? Look what Breeze did in the Texans game. You're down. You're basically demoralized. You know, your defense blows it, just like it has been for the last few years. 
And you, you need a miracle, really. With 37 seconds with one timeout, you're trying to drive the ball down the field, and Breeze is able to do it. That's what elite QBs do. Only Breeze. Actually, me and my dad were talking about it. He's like, I mean, that was such a great uh, end of the game. He's not even a Saints fan. And he was just like, it was such a great end of the game. You know, not many QBs can do that. You're just looking at Breeze, Rodgers, and Brady. And I was like, yeah, you're right. Because those are the only three QBs that I think could come back with 40 seconds. Goff is not one of them. And I think that puts Breeze over him. Breeze, obviously, is a better leader. And look, this team, obviously, is no heartbeat without Drew Breeze. I think if you, you can place an average, you can place a Teddy Bridgewater on that team, and that team may still go 13-3. and three. That's how good the Rams are, and that's really, I think, how good Jared Goff is. And maybe the Saints do have a winning record with Teddy Bridgewater, but I don't think they're 13-3 and three with Teddy Bridgewater. So that's just kind of what it is there for that matchup. So I'm going to go Saints here, and anyone that thinks differently, any Rams fans out there, I, want, I still want to hear it. I want to hear your argument. Uh, I, I want to hear what you guys have to say because, look, I think Goff... He ended up winning the game. He ended up going to the Super Bowl. He did beat Drew Brees. But I just don't think he outplayed him. That's just my opinion. So that's just kind of what it is there. I don't think Brees played a bad game. And I think Goff looked mainly flustered at multiple times in this game. So I think that's going to be a tough task for him to, especially when it gets into a situation where everyone's putting up points and stuff. I want to see which quarterback can do better. And I think Brees, that's another reason why I take the Saints in a close game here. It's just because I, I'll take Brees' veteran presence over Goff's. So that's just kind of what it is there going over to the skill position players this is just both teams are at full strength here when looking at it i do like the Saints running backs better so i do like kamara i do like murray instead of Gurley and brown i'm again preference i'll take kamara i think he's the better running back than Gurley. he does things that nobody can do i think Gurley, he was a subject of a good offensive line and obviously he's a lot of talent he has a good vision but so does kamara and i think kamara does things that no other running back can do I just don't think that's the same with Gurley. Gurley is a great running back. He's probably a top five running back. But I just don't think he is a Alvin Kamara here. And then Brown, he's a lot like Murray. But again, I, I think Murray's just a tad better. He's a little older, a little more veteran presence, which is obviously very, very helpful in the locker room and in that running back group. So I think that's really uh, good for the Saints. I think they do have the edge for running backs for wide receivers. I think the Rams do. Look, the Saints have the best receiver out of the bunch with Michael Thomas, but they got the depth. They got three really good receivers. And right now, the Saints, they have, obviously, Michael Thomas, who's, <laughs> he's, he's a dog. He's amazing. We all know that. He's a bad man. And then, really, after that, you're looking at Ted Ginn, who had an amazing game, stepped up big time. And then after that, who are you looking at? And uh, Traquan Smith is no Cooper Cup, you know. So, it kind of is what it is here. So, that's just really it. I'll take the Rams for wide receivers. And tight ends, I will take the Saints. Tyler Higby's a good, solid tight end. Gerald Everett, good, solid tight end. Jared Cook's a Pro Bowl tight end. So I think that was really big last week. Even just, I know he didn't have a big game, just another guy to cover. It's hard. It's a hard, it's a hard uh, thing to have another weapon to cover with Drew Brees and with Michael Thomas, with Alvin Kamara and all these guys to have another guy, Jared Cook on top. I think he's just, he's a great player. So I think he's going to help the Saints here. I'm going to give it a push because I think wide receiver does mean more than like tight ends and stuff. And Again, I think running backs, look, I think the wide receiver is kind of bigger for the, the disparities, a little bigger for the Rams. I think they do have a better core here, but I do think the Saints do have a better running core by a little little bit. And then the tight ends, I think, by a good amount. And I think it all evens out to about a push. So that's kind of just what I'm thinking here. I think both teams have great offenses. Both teams have top five offenses. Both teams are going to come up in here and probably score points. So I think that's just kind of what it is there. I think it'll probably be a good game, but that's just really what it is there. Moving over to the O-line. I have the Saints. Um, their five O line, their five guys in the O line could be the best in the league. And 
Rams do not have a battle O-line by any stretch of the imagination, but it is not as good as the Saints O-line, I feel here. So they have Whitworth, Joseph Noteboom, Brian Allen, Austin Blythe, and Rob Havenstein. And look, it's an average to above average O-line. The really main guy that's the noteworthy guy is Whitworth, who's old and I don't think as good. So when looking at it, the Saints have a lot of noteworthy guys. They have all pros. They have pro bowlers. And that's just really what it is there. That's really big for the Saints there. I do think that they have a better line. And I think this is the one thing in the one group. And obviously, I think quarterbacks the same way, that there's no question the Saints have the better um, group here. It's just That's just really what it is. They have the best pro football focus grade here. And the Rams, look, they're above average, and they're, I think, are solid O-line. The Saints could definitely exploit it and make a lot of plays off of it. That's just what I'm feeling there. And before we get to the defense and recapping that, we're going to take a quick break. You are listening to the Who Dat Discussion Podcast. Welcome back into the Who Dat Discussion. And now we are going to preview the defense here. And this is going to be really interesting because both defenses have, or they're really star-studded, and they both go for that takeaway. They both go for the big play here to try to get their offense another possession. That's both similar philosophies, both blitz a lot. So let's just get right into it. Oh, we're starting with the D-line here. And look, the Rams, they have probably the best player here, just like the Saints at the wide receivers. But do they have the best line? That's kind of what I'm thinking here. You have Aaron Donald. He's a player. He could come up in here. He does, obviously, so many great things. Defensive player of the year, MVP candidate, year in and year out. And I think he'll probably hit a bad, a not-so-good game. No, I'm not going to say bad game. He didn't have a not-so-good game against the uh, Panthers. So I'm expecting him to come out and try to ball out here. It's going to be tough to stop him. Again, I think the Saints will be able to neutralize him. So I think that'll be fine, but that's definitely something to look at here. They have Michael Brockers, who's a really solid guy, opposite Donald and opposite when you have guys like Clay Matthews, Dante Fowler, all that fun stuff that they have. I think really looking at they have a really solid D-line. Looking at the Saints D-line, obviously they have Cam Jordan, got a sack, and then you have kind of a lot of just unproven guys. You have opposite him Marcus Davenport and Troy Hendrickson they had a good first game but let's see if they can do that in game two and then also you're going with Onyemata and Malcolm Brown Malcolm Brown is an established player Onyemata I think really he's established at this point too but to become a really star player he's not there so I'm going to take the Rams here which in a kind of a toss-up but I'm going to go with the Rams I think they do have a little more star power they have a little more at to get to the quarterback who I think will play better I think the Saints will play better because I think the Saints O-line is just too, too good for most defensive lines here but I do like their defensive line they have a lot of star players I really don't like Clay Matthews because again I think he's just too old here but you have guys like Dante Fowler who had a really good year last year had a good game this year and Michael Brockers who's always really steady so and obviously Aaron Donald so that's just kind of what I'm thinking there and then moving over to the linebackers again both linebacking cores are really good you have Dante Fowler for the Rams Bryce Hager Corey Littleton and then you have uh, Clay Matthews that's a good group. That's a good group. I think the Saints group is really good, too. You have Demario Davis. You have A.J. Klein. You have, obviously, Alex Loney, who had a really good game last week. And then, also, you're probably going to add Kiko Alonso into this game. He'll, he will probably play here as well in some packages. So, I think that's going to help the Saints. If he plays, and if he plays a, a lot, I am going probably to take the Saints here. If he doesn't play, I'm going to say it's a push. I think both groups are really good. And also, the Saints did under... They, they were underestimated a little bit. Maybe I will go push because they didn't play as good as I expected them to play week one. So I'm going to go push here, and hopefully they play better <laughs> with a little, you know, 
um, motivation here because look they were coming to the year i think as the best group in my opinion and they didn't have a good week one so let's see if they can come up have a better week one contain the run and do good against tight end skill position players like that so i think that could help the saints in a big way there then moving over to the secondary again the rams have a star-studded secondary that underperforms here so they've underperformed of late i should really say you have marcus peters and akeem talib those guys can go up and ball out if they're healthy and fully in their prime which obviously talib isn't but then you have weddell who will play this week john johnson will play as well from the free safety and safety and strong safety position and then in the slot they have nickel Rovey coleman we all know what he did let's just not even get into it there and that's kind of what their secondary is looking like here so the Saints, I think, again, I think they have the best cornerback. I think Lattimore is the best. Then you have Eli Apple, who, look, at this point in Tlaib's career, at this point in P- Peter's career, really more Tlaib. I wouldn't say, I think Tlaib better than Apple, but not by much. So I think that's kind of big there. I think, obviously, Marcus Williams had a big game against the Texans. That was huge. Had a huge pick. And then Von Bell did have a very good game as well. Again, Rams are a push here. I- I'm going to go Rams. I, I think, again, I just feel like they got some star power there, especially with their addition of Eric Weddle, who's a ball hawk. He makes plays. We're going to see him on Sunday, and we're going to hear his name calls probably. They have a pretty good secondary. I think the Saints, again, will be able to beat it. I think with Jared Cook's going to add another guy that can definitely stretch the field, throw the ball downfield. I think that's going to help the Saints a lot. So that's just kind of what I'm thinking here. That's really what it is, I think, when looking at the Saints secondary. Again, I'm a little scared about the slot with um pj williams here that's kind of the most i'm scared about not really scared about the outside they can give help to i mean look cook can have some big plays but i don't think he's gonna have a big game robert woods with Lattimore on him i think will get shut down so really i'm worried about the slot i'm worried about cooper cup that's the guy i'm really worried about because he's a guy that could definitely beat the saints he's beaten the saints in the past so i just don't want that to happen again and then coaching and special teams i'm gonna go with the saints again two really good special teams groups but with the saints with uh, deontay harris and lutz and morstead i think they're just better than the group they got over there with obviously johnny hecker greg zerline joe donats and i i just i i think the saints second um special teams is better and i'll take sean payton in the co- coaching as well because i think he's a better coach than mcveigh i think mcveigh is highly overrated and i just think people give him way too much praise he hasn't really done that much hasn't won a super bowl yet and he got gifted a uh, appearance in the super bowl so that's kind of just what i'm looking at there and i think they're kind of tired of the no call being brought up and i think that i really do think that that's going to put a toll on him this season and it may cause their demise because they did not play well the first game so we'll see how they come and play here so it's close when look going in the books the saints have one two three big categories the rams have one two big categories with a push at skill and a push at linebackers that's going to put the saints projected to win here as a three two and two so that's just kind of what it is very close game i think look i did have the Saints blowing them out earlier in the season now i'm thinking about it and i'm look i think the saints could blow them out they could come out here they can run up the score they can do that but the rams I, I now thinking about it and looking at the tape and everything i think they just have too much star power to get blown out to get 42 to 17 i think the saints will win this game i think they will put up more than 40 points with 42 points i think they will win 42 to 31 win by more than 10 points it's not a blowout but it's a big win 
and I think we'll be very, very close. Saints pull away late. <laughs> that's kind of how I like my previews to go here. And I just think that's going to happen. It almost happened in this game. It was very, very close. Saints almost pulled away at the end. But obviously, not quite. But overall, I do think the Saints will win this one in a very good game. I think it'll be high scoring. I think it'll be fun, just like the rest of, I think, a lot of these Saints games this season. So, with all that said, I think we're going to move into our Houdat Nation fan questions. We had a lot this episode we have five and they're all really good questions so we're just going to go down the line and what my answers are here so first question is from saints fan nine and he asked do you think the saints will run the ball more versus uh, the rams i think they're going to try and i think it can get into a shootout easily and breeze can throw it but the thing that the saints didn't do in the nfc championship was establish the run so i think it'd be really big for the saints to establish the run and then also the Saints didn't pass, uh, didn't run, excuse me, against the Texans because they run a 3-4 and Sean Payton loves to uh, pass short in the 3-4s to start the game off and then he usually likes to run late. So he may do that again with the Rams playing 3-4, but we'll have to be seen here. I think that it'll probably be more outside runs, probably won't run into Donald. That's probably not a recipe for success in this game. But run to the outside, do zone runs with Kamara, maybe get the ball in space to Murray, who I think is a really good one-cut player. So that's just kind of what I'm thinking here. And really when looking at it, I think the Saints are going to come up. I think that they're going to probably be able to run the ball in those kind of stretch plays, in those kind of they'll find the tackle um, holes, and they'll be able to do a really good job like between Armstead and uh, Pete or between Ramchek and Walford, I think they'll be able to find holes like that, that zone running scheme, and I think they'll be able to use that to success, especially with Alvin Kamara. I think he's going to have a big game there, and I think they'll be able to run it more than three yards of carry, so that's just what I'm thinking. Then our next question is from Brian Perkins, and he asked, have the Saints switched from using a power running formations to the spread running scheme like we saw Monday night? Is this due to fewer tight ends or the loss of Ingram? So this is a great question. Obviously, it's a lot like the question from Saints fans 9 here. So I don't think the Saints moved away from power running schemes just because of the fewer tight ends, just because it was this year. I think it was the teams that they're playing. It's the personnel. It's the formations that the other teams are playing here. So when looking at it, the Saints had more favorable positions to run the ball if they were able to run zone runs with Kamara, and it happened to be correct. So I think that's great. You're looking at that Murray run. He bounced it out and went for uh, 30 yards for a touchdown. It's supposed to be an inside run, and he went out for a touchdown. Have the Saints moved on from a running scenario? I don't know if the Saints have moved on from it. I just think they're going to be they're going to use it when they feel like it's successful and obviously not when they don't. So I think this game I expect them to use more of the zone running as you said Brian and I do think that they'll I think they'll have success running the ball in the zone especially with Kamara. And then also I do think Ingram has a little to do with it as Ingram was better between the tackles Kamara and he was kind of their main guy for not last year but the year before he was a main guy for the Saints and they did run more zone um power runs in 2017 2018 they did move and they did have a lot of zone schemes too so maybe they're just moving to it because you have Kamara who's a better zone runner than a power runner so I think that's obviously also a big reason but Murray can definitely run in power running formations he can get that yard or two and we saw that get a few first downs in the short 
a yardage situation. So that's just kind of what I'm thinking. It's going to be a position-by-position basis, really, for the Saints. And when, you know, case-by-case, I really should say, basis that they're going to play here. I think Kamara can definitely do a really good job between the tackles. Outside, he's a better zone runner, though. He's more vision in the zone, so I do want to see him more of that. But I think they could do both. I I just think it's who they're going to be playing. I think this week, because they're playing Donald, because they're playing a guy in the middle that is going to be a player that kind of sucks up the middle, you want to run it maybe to the side of... Uh, Joseph Day, and then you know you've guys like Michael Brockers, who's also good against the run, but not as good as Donald, obviously. So that's just kind of what I'm thinking there. Uh, that's my prediction. Look, the Saints come out, try to pound the ball, as far as I know. But again, they may not run the ball as much just because we see them pass more that short passing game to start the game against three four, because usually they'll be playing zone, and that's playing a short passing game against the zone is very easy. So they may try to do that. So we'll have to see that on. Sunday, our next question is from Saints fans since 83, and he asked, do you see Trey taking over Davenport's spot if he keeps playing like this? Uh, no, I, I don't think that he'll take it over. I think they'll split snaps, and that would be huge. The Saints do need another defensive end here, and if Trey Hendrickson happens to be that guy, great. I think we're all, we'd all be very, very happy about that if Trey Hendrickson is able to become a guy that can contribute late in the season and into the playoffs and put up valuable stats for the Saints. That would be amazing. You know, if they trade a player, but and then but that doesn't mean Davenport gets no playing time. That means Davenport is playing the same role he did last year, which he was six, excelled in. He just didn't play a full starting role. If that happens, that's fine. I mean, the Saints will be fine with that. And do I see it happening? That That's the thing. I don't right away. It may happen later. And I think the Saints will start to use Trey Hendrickson more in just traditional packages than the NASCAR package, which he's being used right now, which worked. So I think we'll see more of that. We'll see him a little more in traditional, especially if Davenport struggles and keeps struggling. I think we'll definitely see more of Trey Hendrickson because he's having a great third-year drop, a really good season here. So to start it off, so that's obviously some really good stuff. And then our next question is from Luke Burns, and he asked, in the next five years, do you see the Saints lifting the Lombardi trophy and also do you think we should look into drafting another cornerback next year considering eli apple and pj williams are liabilities so two questions i'll answer the first one and then i'll go into the cornerbacks here for the saints so right now here next five years do i see the saints lifting the super bowl trophy bringing it back to new orleans i think if they're going to do it i think it's gonna be in the next two years i think it's gonna be with drew Brees. I don't see them winning a Super Bowl with Teddy Bridgewater, which it's just kind of the way it is. If they can't win with Drew Brees, they probably won't be able to win it with Teddy Bridgewater. I think that's just kind of what it is here. So if they're able to get it done, it'll be in the next two years. I think that they have a really good shot this year. I think they have a really good shot next year and the next two years. I'm not going to try to jinx anything, so I'm not going to give my exact answer, but I think you can kind of get to what I'm saying. I think they have a good shot this year. That's all I'll say. I do think that they have a lot of depth. They have a lot of star players. They have a clutch QB. They have all the correct steps that you need to build a Super Bowl team. They got it. So I think it's very, very possible if you get what I'm saying there. And then do you think the Saints should draft another cornerback considering Eli Apple and P.J. Williams who have had struggles in the past? I don't think they will because I do think they have um, C.J. Garner-Johnson in the building who is going to learn and he'll grow and eventually, hopefully, he'll be a cornerback for us. I don't think Eli Apple's a liability. I'd call him average. I'd call him a good two-corner. Look, he's not going to do good against guys that, you know, he's not going to do good against top 10 corners. That's just what it is, you know. Last week, he was put up a really, he did fine last week. I don't think he had a really bad week. He had one bad play. 
and it didn't really account into that much of one drop. So I don't think he played that bad. P.J. Williams, on the other hand, I understand why you said he played bad because he did not play good. But he did play very good last year. you got to give him credit there. Is he a liability? Look, again, he's just an average slot corner. Slot corners shouldn't be asked to run the ball down the field in the middle of the field alone with no help over the top. That's just not the type of player he is. He's a good tackler. He's a good player in space. That's really good as well. So he's pretty in that short range. He can't go deep, but in the short range, he can make tackles in space. He's he's pretty good when it comes to that. Look, he's, again, suitable. Is he a liability? I think that's something we have to look at, and I don't think the Saints will draft another cornerback because, look, they have so much depth there. They still have Patrick Robinson, who I think can come up in here and do a really good job as well. In 2017 with the Eagles, he was the best slot corner in all of pro football. So we could see that come back again, I think. And I, I think he could come back and have a real role with the Saints. And then Garner Johnson's going to grow over these next few years, and I think he'll be the guy that will be opposite Marcus Latim- uh, Marshawn Lattimore excuse me, there for the long term. I think that's just kind of what it is. Or he'll be in the slot for the long term. And then I think Eli Apple could be here for the long term as well. I think he's a player that can come up, do really good stuff. So i got to disagree with you there because I don't think that Eli Apple's a liability, and I think he should be here for the future. Guys like P.J. Williams, do I see a long-term spot for him? No, because I think Gardner Johnson will be the guy. I don't think they'll have to draft a guy. I think Gardner Johnson will be that guy. If Gardner Johnson fails, then I think we should look into drafting someone. That's just what I'm feeling here. They got a guy this year that they were drafted, and they, I think, got really good value for. So that's just kind of what it is there, Luke. And then our final question is from Saints Camp, and he asked, when does Kiko Alonso start at linebacker for the Saints, and who does he take over for? So when? It may not happen. It may never happen. I think that he's going to get to compete for the starting job with A.J. Klein. So his natural position is the position that A.J. Uh, AJ Klein plays. So that's kind of where the Saints would move him. So that's kind of what it is there if you want to play. It's really the veterans who's going to be the better guy here. I think once Kiko Alonso gets the playbook, Gets that all down. That's probably going to be in a few weeks. We will see him more than we did last week and the weeks prior. So that's just kind of what I'm thinking here. He may never take over AJ Klein. I think AJ Klein could definitely be the starter here long term. But again, I think Kiko Alonso is going to do a lot of things on special teams. I think he's going to do a lot of things in the linebacking uh, core here. And I think that he will probably start playing and you'll start hearing his name probably. If he would ever start, I think it's been like a month. That's kind of what I'm thinking. Maybe not a month, probably by the start of October. So three weeks, two weeks, just till he gets the full playbook down and he's fully starting. We'll probably hear his name probably this week. And I think he can make a difference this week. And if he plays and if he plays linebacker, I think that's huge for the Saints. So we'll have to see. But the guy that he would take over is AJ Klein. So it's going to be interesting to see what we see here. I think it was a good depth move. I think it was a move that a lot of Saints fans wanted to see them make, get another kind of starter here. So to have four starters from your linebacker position is never a bad thing. I think the Saints do have that. We'll, we'll see if he actually is the starter, and I think it will be a battle. But that's just kind of what I'm thinking there. Thank you to everybody who asked a question. That was just, it's just really great to answer your questions, interact with you guys. I love to do that. And I like to do that every episode in the preview. And I'll send out another Twitter message that 
um, for next week to say if you have any questions because I think that really works. I think people respond to that. So I just want to say thank you to everybody who asked a question. Thank you, SaintsFan9. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, SaintsFan since 83. Thank you, Luke. And thank you, SaintsCamp, for asking those questions. I loved answering them, and they're really fun. So I hope you guys can ask more questions, and I hope other people can ask more questions. And if you want to ask a question, you could tweet us at thewhodatdis. You could email us at thewhodatdis at gmail.com. So there's a lot of ways here, and thank you guys for asking questions. I hope all of you guys who are listening here could ask a question in the future. I love to answer it. So with all that said, I think it's time to wrap up this podcast. If you like what we're doing here at the Who Dad Discussion and haven't followed us on our various accounts, you could follow us on Twitter at the Who Dad Dis, on Instagram at Who Dad Discussion. I think we're going to start posting on there more as the season goes on. And then also you can subscribe to anywhere you listen to your podcast. So that means Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, all that fun stuff. We are on there. This is going to be a fun game. There's going to be a lot of mentions of the no call. There's going to be a lot of, I think, Saints fans wearing refs jerseys just like there was Monday night. But we have a football game to play. And we got to put all that aside. we got to go out, play good, and win this game. And that's all we got to do. The, the no call is over. I don't want to keep on talking about it. And the best way to not talk about it anymore is to beat these guys, crush them, put them in our rearview mirror to 2-0. and And that's what I hope the Saints do. There's no really revenge here. There's no none of that. We're just going out to win a game. This is 2019 season. We're done with 2018. Whatever happened there is done. Now we, we got to go in. We got to play a really good game and win this one against a really good team, the NFC champions. Let's dethrone the NFC champions on Sunday. And that's really what they got to do here. So with all that said, I want to say thank you, finish the deal, and who dat? <laughs>